Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm a yoga teacher with over 15 years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher, one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and confidently so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. Once you listen to today's episode, visit my website at barebonesyoga.com for free resource guides for teachers. Download any and all of them, including one of my most popular tools, my sequence building template. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian, and this, believe it or not, is episode 140. I cannot believe we are inching close to 150 episodes. And when I say we, I mean me. Um, I am just so excited. Uh, you know, when I hit 150 episodes, I think I'm going to have a party and maybe I'll do like a listener kind of party thing where I can involve, uh, involve you guys. So if you've been on this journey with me since the beginning, thank you. If you are a new listener to the podcast, welcome. If you're kind of a regular listener and you pop in and out of uh, listening to episodes, thank you for that as well. I'm just so grateful to have this platform. I'm literally sitting here in my house talking directly into my computer and just sharing my thoughts on teaching and anatomy. And I'm just so excited to have this particular platform to do it, uh, to do it in, you know, yes, I have the YouTube channel, the Instagram live videos, um, other, other ways that I share information. Um, and, but this just continues to be one of my most favorite ones. And, you know, when I say share information, what I really mean is free content because, you know, for all of us out there, you know, looking to learn new things, you can, learn new things in the free content way, um, or you can learn new things that way. And also by investing in actual courses and programs that, that teach you those things. And, you know, of course, here on the podcast, we talk about learning anatomy uh, for yoga teachers so that you can share it more effectively and confidently in your cues, in your sequences, in your conversations you have with your students, um, but you can apply the same paradigm to learning anything, whether it's the violin or cooking or, you know, anything knitting. So I think, you know, that's a really good segue into what I want, what I want to talk about today. I, I am just so psyched right now because I just came up with, um, a new, uh, addition that I'm going to be sharing with the teachers who have invested in my blueprint learning program. These are teachers who have either graduated from the program or who are currently enrolled. And I really firmly believe this is gonna make such a significant difference to you know, the teachers who are in that program. And because there is um, a way that I can share it with all of you, 
Uh, it's not going to have the same impact, of course, because if you're not in the blueprint learning program, you're not going to actually have the information at a at the level of learning the information. However, when I just finished about an hour ago pulling this all together, I thought this would actually be a really cool topic to share with teachers to walk them through this, even if they're not enrolled in the Blueprint Learning Program. Now, I want to say right out of the gate, if you're all of a sudden like, oh my God, this is going to be a sales pitch. This is going to be something that Karen's trying to sell us. No, that's not the case. <laughs> I don't sell anything. I mean, yes, I literally sell things because they're, you know, of course the Blueprint Learning Program is not free, but I don't look at it as selling. I look at it as this is what I am so freaking passionate about helping teachers learn anatomy so that they can share it confidently with their students so that they can share it from what they know, not what they were told to say. And every time I have a conversation with one of the teachers in my program, I am more and more convinced that the method of learning that I'm offering them is something that is different that they are not getting any place else. And it just drives my passion even more to share it. And so I don't think of it as selling. I think of this is my Dharma. This is my, my life's work. And this is what I was born to do. So to that end, if, if you don't want to go on this journey, you don't have to, but if you are interested to learn more about this, um, stay with me here. So here's, here's the framework that I want to, um, that I want to share with you for what I'm about to discuss. I want you to imagine, um, if you've ever seen, and I'm fairly certain you probably have, although if you're, hmm, I don't know, maybe under 30 years old, maybe there's a chance you haven't seen this movie, but I'm guessing that you've at least heard of the wizard of Oz. And The Wizard of Oz is, of course, a classical movie, classic movie. And, you know, the whole idea of The Wizard of Oz is that Dorothy doesn't know how to get home, but all she needs to do is follow the yellow brick road. And she can see the Emerald City and it's off there in the distance. Um, and all she needs to do is follow the yellow brick road to get there. Now, of course, along the way, as she, you know, uh, is on her journey with her, you know, friends there. Um, she runs into pitfalls. She runs into problems. She gets off track and yet she does make it to the end of her journey. And this is very, very much like what teachers experience when they are learning into me. Now, there's two different experiences. There's the experience of the teacher who's gone through a 200 hour training program and is now trying to learn anatomy on their own. And then there's the very different experience of teachers in my program who are learning anatomy and they are learning it via uh, this very guided structured program, which surprisingly <laughs> looks very much like this, this metaphor of uh, follow the yellow brick road, right? Follow the yellow brick road. And that is one of the hallmarks of my program that I'm not having teachers go willy nilly in a choose your own adventure style. I'm having them literally follow the process. Now, having said that, I want you to think about something that you tried to learn and you had a process for it. Let's just take a really simple example of you see this recipe online and you go and you buy all the ingredients and you bake it 
and it doesn't come out nearly the way you think it was going to. Or maybe you you cook this thing and it comes out okay, but there's you know there were some things that happened along the way, like you got distracted, you got off course, you didn't have a particular ingredient, you got frustrated, you started to have concerns about, oh my God, no one's gonna like this. Um, interesting sidebar, I recently had, um, uh, I recently made blueberry pancakes for my boyfriend's friend who was staying with us for the weekend and was horrified when I presented them on a plate all piled in this beautiful pile. And when he cut into the first one, it was not cooked. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. But anyway, the point is, there are definitely things that happen along the way and teachers in my program many times run into obstacles along the way, even though they're on this very structured journey where they don't need to think about what's the next step. I want you to think if you're a teacher out there trying to learn anatomy on your own without the benefit of a structured program, mine or somebody else's, um, you're probably running into way more obstacles than teachers in, in my program or a program. Having said that though, the idea of following the yellow brick road, following a process is absolutely the better way to learn anything. You know, if you're going to sit there and say, well, I can cook a, uh, um, uh, I don't know, a chocolate souffle from just my head, <laughs> that's not nearly going to give you as good a result as if you pull up a recipe and follow the recipe. So to that end, what I wanted to do for the teachers in my program is I wanted to map out for them uh, literally what the journey will look like. And even though when they invest in the Blueprint Learning Program and they are supported by um, not only the online course part of the program, but coaching calls from me, sometimes it can be a little overwhelming when they log into the course and they see 10 modules, they can freak out and start to think, oh my God, am I gonna have time to do this? And a lot of doubts start to come up. Am I really cut out to learn anatomy? Oh no, I'm not science-minded and all those things that so many teachers think. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to create for them kind of the metaphor of the yellow brick road. I wanted to create for them a very clear path and give them shout outs along the way because I know from working with several teachers who have graduated from my program, what are some of the common pitfalls that come up? And I wanted to coach the teachers in a written format along with the coaching calls I give them. And so I wanna share this journey with you because even though you know, you're not in the, in the Blueprint Learning Program, I can still from a high level share what the journey involves. And quite frankly, friends, if you wanna just, take notes as I'm going through this and figure it out on your own by leveraging free content on the old internet there, go for it. Um, I would never do that because it's going to take so much of your time, um, but you could do that. So I'm, I'm basically sharing with you proprietary, proprietary information that is, you know, germane to my way of teaching anatomy. And I'm not, you know, I certainly don't have trademarks on how to teach anatomy. That's that's information in the public domain. But I guess what I'm saying is I'm not afraid to share this kind of stuff, which is really inside my program because I want teachers to know it. And I want teachers to, from a high level, if you're out there, if you're a teacher out there and you are knowing that you don't know anatomy and feeling like you're not confident and wondering 
can I keep doing this? Can I keep faking it? Can I keep having those funny feelings in my stomach as I share cues? Can I keep wondering how to answer that person's question? Can I keep wondering as I teach that student, how can I help them? They look so uncomfortable. <laughs> like this is what it's all about. It takes taking the step to invest in yourself to learn it. So having said all that, I want you to imagine um, that you're at the beginning of the yellow brick road. And imagine the yellow brick road is not to take you to the Emerald City, um, but imagine instead the yellow brick road is to take you to a place where you are more able to achieve your vision of being a yoga teacher. So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to think about three skills that you want to have when you know anatomy. When you know anatomy well, what are three skills that you want to have that you don't have now? And I want you to take a second to pause this this audio and write down, oh, did I tell you you're going to need your journal for this? Yeah, you're going to need your journal for this uh, podcast. Write down what those three skills are. And then the next thing I want you to do is I want you to write down what your mission is as a yoga teacher. Who are you, who are you designed to serve? Um, who, you know, and serve is kind of an overused term. So let's not use that. Who do you feel passionate about um, when it comes to teaching yoga, who do you want to help? Maybe something from your personal story is, is driving you to present yoga in a particular way. What students, what kinds of students, and I don't mean individual people's names. I mean, from a avatar perspective, what types of people do you like to teach? I love to teach beginners. I love to teach kids. I love to, you know, what, what comes up for you when you think about that and then think about how that can be connected to a mission. Like your mission as a yoga teacher is what? And take some time, stop this audio and write that down in your journal. So now that you have those two things, your mission and a list of some things you want to have as skills once you learn anatomy, keep those out there in your mind. Because as we get into the weeds, this is where teachers start to freak out. And it's really important at those times to go back and re-review this is what I'm doing this for. I'm not doing this so that I can go to a cocktail party and talk to people about the muscles that make up their rotator cuff. I am learning anatomy so that I can share it with my students with confidence. You know, this is not a show-offy kind of thing. This is not a trying to be smarter than other people kind of thing. This is literally, you are learning this because it is a critical skill because guess what? You are a movement teacher. You know, all the other things that yoga teachers do, we teach people about chakras and energy management. And we talk about yoga philosophy and, you know, the yamas and the niyamas and all of that. Yes, yes, yes. But at the core, we are movement teachers. I don't care what background of what style of yoga you're teaching, any of that, you need to understand anatomy. This is not a, an optional thing. You are a movement teacher. And so it's critical that you understand anatomy. So now we're going to step onto that yellow brick road. We're going to start on our journey. So the first thing that you're going to start to learn more about here is understanding, you know, what is, uh, what are some reasons for learning anatomy in the first place? You know, it may seem obvious. I've already kind of reiterated a number of things, uh, you know, in this episode so far, but start to think about at a detail level, what are some reasons why it makes sense for yoga teachers to understand anatomy? And then can you identify 
ways that you can take the big topic of anatomy and chunk it out into understandable parts. For those of you who have gone to my website and who have downloaded from my homepage, the 10 key steps to learning anatomy uh, PDF, which if you haven't done that, you can do that now, that's gonna lay that out for you. Right, I lay that out for teachers in that downloadable PDF because again, if you're resistant, if you feel like you don't have the time or the money or you've got some self-limiting belief that's blocking you from investing in my program, I want to give you something to help you as you're out there weeding through the sea of information about yoga anatomy that lives in YouTube, that lives on Instagram, that lives on Facebook, that lives in all the books that all the teachers are always buying, all the books. And guess what? <laughs> they still don't know anatomy. Books aren't going to do it. They're not enough. Let's just kind of put that out there. They're not enough. You need to learn anatomy in an interactive way. So again, the, the um, learning the way to break it down, you can get that from that PDF. And then from there, identifying you know, the next step on your journey here is learning some key terms that you should know, right? What are quote unquote, things yoga teachers say that they often can't reverse engineer back to literally what they mean from an anatomy standpoint. When people say, you know, flex your foot or sitting bones, I'll just throw those two out. What the hell are those things? What do they mean? What is a sitting bone? What, where is it? What's the appropriate term for it? Why do we care about it? What's connected to it? and on and on and on. So now that that's done, you're kind of moving along your journey here. And now you're learning about things like anatomical position and key reference points on the body. Anatomical position is the home base of shapes. It's not Tadasana, although it shares a lot of similarities in terms of the qualities of Tadasana. Key reference points on the body, you know, sitting bones is one, I just mentioned that. Pelvis, leveling of the pelvis, you know, feed it hip width, all the things teachers say, understanding why these are reference points, why we need to understand them better, how we can refer to them in our teaching. And then from there, you're kind of moving along the yellow brick road here. And now you're ready to learn about some of the specific things in the body, like bones, like joints, like how muscles work. I mean, think about how many times you've probably said, engage this muscle, or you've gone to a class and a teacher has said, contract your abdominals, or, or you've seen on a YouTube video, lengthen your psoas. What the hell does that mean? Can you, again, reverse engineer what you are saying to the definition? Because if you can't, you should not be saying it. End of story end of story, use another term, right? Because think about it. If someone comes up to you and says, why did you say engage the core? What does that even mean? You know, do, do you know the different types of muscular contractions? Do you know how some muscles work eccentrically and some muscles work concentrically? Like this is what it's all about. Now, as you're learning, it doesn't mean you, you drop all of you know, the verbal cues around, you know, certain aspects of, of movement. It just means that you hone in on speaking from what you know, which I always say to teachers should be action cues. 100% action cueing should always be the mode of cueing for teachers that are in a learning phase when it comes to anatomy. Because 
I know that you know what you want them to do from an action perspective. And I will tell you, it's not super easy to give action-based cues. To give really effective action-based cues is a high level skill for teachers. Think about the classes you go to where the teacher goes on and on and on and on. That's not effective cueing. Effective action cueing is succinct. It's, it's short phrases. It gets students out of their head and into their body. So you'll have plenty of skill building to do if you focus on using action cues while behind the scenes, you're learning anatomy. So you're learning how muscles work. And then from that, how muscles work. And then from that point on, you're ready to proceed into learning about the actual muscles. This is where you start to see the slides of the psoas and the rectus abdominis and the transversus abdominis and the internal and external obliques and the rectus femoris and the quadratus femoris and on and on and on and on and on. Right now, are you going to learn 600, 700 muscles? No. You know, is it important that as yoga teachers, we are able to enumerate every muscle in the foot, every muscle in the hand, not in my opinion. However, you can be damn sure that there's a good 75 to 80 muscles you need to know. And when I say no, what that means is you need to know the name, you need to know where it is in the body, you need to know generally where the origin and insertion is, and you need to know what it does when it concentrically contracts. That's it. There are lots of other things that muscles do. Lots of muscles do a couple of things, but they all have one primary action. So that's the next piece you're going to learn. So you're on the yellow brick road here, right? Let's go back to our, our metaphor. You're on the yellow brick road. You've learned about reference points, anatomical position, bones, joints, how muscles work, muscles. And now, now we're going to take a breather because now you're ready to start applying that to teaching. You cannot start applying anatomy to teaching before you learn the anatomy. You can't give anatomy-based cues before you understand what the key bones of the body are and the key muscles of the body are and how muscles work. So that's why this is specifically and intentionally laid out in the sequential way. So now you're ready to take a look at muscles and poses. Right, so this is where you have a format for how you're going to understand muscle, uh, how you're going to understand poses, and you're going to start to look at muscles as they are in poses. What muscles are creating the key actions in the key poses we're going to look at? Now, at that point, you have covered all the basics. So I want you to imagine, you know, here you are on the yellow brick road. This is a major milestone. This is where you stop, you, you buy yourself dinner, you, you know, pat yourself on the back, you do a happy dance, you drop the mic and all the things, right? Because now you know, quite frankly, a lot more than a lot of yoga teachers. You know all those basics. You can enumerate the muscles in the way I described a few seconds ago. And now you're ready to start applying all this stuff to teaching. So how are you going to do that? What scenarios are important to apply this stuff to teaching? So we're going to go over five different scenarios here. How to help people with tight hip flexors. How to help people as they move from high to low push-up. How to help people address issues when they come up to standing from a forward fold how to understand the qualities of the spine and how to understand the implications when it comes to joint mobility, different joints having different levels of mobility. Those are 
all different ways that you can apply all that stuff you learned in your early part of this journey to teaching. Notice those were very specific scenarios that I laid out. Not a whole bunch of willy-nilly things, very specific things that, guess what, come up all the time. How many times have you watched people move from high to low push-up and thought, oh my God, that person looks so uncomfortable. How can I help them? How many times have you stood in front of your classes and you've thought, I really should stop the class here and discuss how to move from high to low push-up because they don't look like they're getting it. Like, and on and on and on. These are the things, you know, you're looking at that person in warrior one and they're leaning forward and you're like, God, I wish I could figure out why they're doing that. I want to help them. This is all the why behind how to do that. So now you're really, really, really at a major milestone in your learning journey. So this is a time when, you know, you want to stop and you want to say to yourself, how do I feel? Am I feeling more confident? What muscles do I remember? What muscles stood out to me? What poses do I feel more confident in teaching now that I've learned all of this information? So now you're ready to learn in a more advanced way how to apply anatomy to teaching through looking at red flags, red flags that come up when you're teaching, all that stuff I was mentioning a second ago, looking at how to approach when students come up to you and they have questions, learning how to offer modifications for different students, you know, that might have specific things happening in their body. So now that you have those things covered, you're really, really at this like final push where you are almost done. And so now we're ready to cover the last two big pieces, sequencing and cueing. So sequencing has to do with how to pull all this information together through, of course, the way you connect the poses in sequences. And then the, the last piece is to understand what makes effective cueing and what are frameworks that you can share for cueing so that it'll be so much easier for you to share what you know and for your students to understand what you are saying. And then the final, final, final step is really, I think a distinguishing one because not all teachers really understand this and that is myofascial release. How can you integrate into your teaching at your discretion, uh, myofascial release as a technique, or maybe just a reference to fascia. Even if you don't reference it, do you know it? You know, this is all part of understanding a major component of the infrastructure of the body. What is fascia? What are the qualities of healthy fascia? What are some of the challenges that we all have for the most part when it comes to fascia in our body? And what can we do as yoga teachers to address it and, and keep our fascia healthy along with everything else in our body. So at that point, you have reached basically the Emerald City. You've gone through all the different steps that I've just reiterated or I've just laid out. And I hope that what has come across to you as I've gone through this is that it's a step-by-step -step process. It's not a willy-nilly, you know, like you're driving from Boston to New York City and you're taking all these side roads. You're driving from Boston to New York City and you have a MapQuest map and you know exactly where you're going. And once you get to, to come back to what we're talking about, a review of fascia and that piece, 
that's when you want to go back and you want to say to yourself, okay, let me check myself. Did I retain the knowledge? So you're going to take a test. You're going to, I mean, at least in my, my course, there is a final exam. And then the last thing you're going to do is you're going to go back to the beginning and you're going to look at the skills you wrote down that you wanted to learn. And you're going to say to yourself, have I learned those skills? And then you're going to go back and reread your mission. And you're going to say, do I feel more capable to achieve that mission? Do I feel more knowledgeable? Do I feel more confident? You know, one of the things I learned in my own personal studies of um, neuro-linguistic programming is I have learned about this idea of whenever you want to achieve a goal, it's really important that you kind of map out what you want to get when you have achieved that goal. Because a lot of times what many of us do is we have this goal in our mind, but it's way too wishy-washy, right? It's just this kind of pie in the sky thing, not very detailed. And then we do all this work. We maybe invest money in a course or a program. We go through the steps and then we get to the point where we quote unquote, supposedly got to where we want to be and we're not happy. We're like, oh, this wasn't exactly what I thought I was going to be able to do with this information. Um, or maybe I don't really feel like I have the skills, or maybe I have the skills, but I don't really think I want to apply them in the way that they're supposed to be applied. And really that falls on you, right? If you don't, at the beginning of any journey of learning, think about the end game, right? What do you want to achieve at the end? And is that truly something that's meaningful to you, then you are probably going to go down that yellow brick road, get to the Emerald City and probably be like, you know what? I don't even want to be at this Emerald City. This isn't even something that interests me. So that's why it's so important, you know, for the reason I start the teachers in my program at the very beginning here, mapping out the skills that they want to, um, to gain is because I want them to know at the beginning what they want to achieve from a skill set perspective. And then throughout the, the program, keep checking themselves. Do they feel like they're getting closer to that? Right? Because remember, knowledge for knowledge is good, but it's not good enough. Just look at it in the context of being a yoga teacher. Knowledge for knowledge's sake, when it comes to anatomy, is part of it. But the real skill is in applying the knowledge of anatomy to your teaching and how you're going to do this. I'll say it again. I say it all the time. And believe me, these three things, I didn't come up with myself. They came to me by talking to many, many teachers over the years. You want to learn anatomy. Most teachers do so that they can cue better and so that they can build sequences, maybe even on the fly that have an anatomical theme. And they want to be able to have conversations with their students when students have questions about their body or questions about modifications or confusion about quote, what I should be feeling in this pose, they want to have a way to answer those questions confidently. And if they can't answer them confidently, they want to at least be able to be confident in the conversation. You know, I'll just take a little sidebar here before we wrap up. You know, in my opinion, it's not for us as yoga teachers to quote unquote, answer everybody's question about the body. We're not doctors. We're not physical therapists. We're not in the clinical treatment mode. However, 
what we are able to do when we understand anatomy and what is 100% in our scope of professional responsibility is we are able to and should be able to guide students through a conversation where they are sharing information with us based upon specific questions we're asking them that allows us together to come to a solution. And the solution is let's face it, most often in the form of you're going to suggest to them a couple of poses that they should do regularly to see if it helps whatever the issue is. It's not for you to say, do this and it's going to go away. It's for you to say, hey, why don't you tell me what's limiting your movement? Tell me more about this particular sensation you're having. And there's a lot more to it than that, but that's just gives you gives you a little bit of a frame of reference. So I wanted to just throw that out there because I don't want you to think the end result of understanding anatomy is so that you can go around and answer people's questions. You to the level of as if you were a, a physician or a therapist. You're not. We're not. Um, yoga teachers are not um, uh, meant to do that. Nor are personal trainers. And I'm a certified personal trainer. We're not meant to do that either. That's out of our scope of responsibility. Matter of fact, if someone comes to us as a personal trainer with pain, we are supposed to refer them out. Um, so keep that in mind. And I think for a lot of yoga teachers that may give you a little bit of a sigh of relief and feeling like, Oh God, thank God. I don't have to answer people's questions about what muscle could this be? You're not going to know. You can't see in their body. You're not running MRIs and x-rays, but that doesn't mean that that means you're off the hook. It means that you are within your scope of practice, able to have an intelligent conversation based on your knowledge of the body, based on the information that I just laid out for you that I think should be part of what you should know. And you're then able to find out more about them and, and maybe give them some things that might help, you know, address whatever the issue is. Then they come back to you and they say, oh my God, those three poses you gave me, my hips really feel better. And now you've got something to work with, or it didn't help at all. And now you've got something to work with too. So that's how that goes. So I know I'm talking a million miles an hour and I'm sorry for that. Um, if you feel like maybe you're, you're, phone is on triple speed. It's not. I am just so super excited about this document that I just mapped out that I'm just like flying high. I can't wait to meet with my graphic designer and have her pull it all together into a workbook to share with the teachers in my program. I hope though that even if you're not in my blueprint learning program, the discussion of what is along the journey to understanding anatomy so that you can share it with your students confidently through the three ways that I discussed multiple times in this episode. I hope that just sharing it with you at a high level has been helpful. So here's the thing. I want to hear from you. And I really, really want to hear from you. I say this at the end of every podcast episode, and I maybe get every once in a while, one or two comments. So I want you to send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email at Karen at barebonesyoga.com and let me know what you thought of this. Number two, if you are interested in finding out more about my blueprint learning program, it is not open for enrollment right now, but you can get on the mailing. I'm sorry. You can get on the waiting list. All you need to do to get on the waiting list is go to my website and right there on the homepage, you're going to see a link to get on the wait list for the blueprint learning program. Once you're on the wait list, I'll reach out to you. I'll find out a little bit more about your situation. What do you want to learn? And then the next time I launch my program, which won't be until September, I will contact you and let you know uh, that you can enroll. There's no obligation when you're on the waiting list. There's no obligation to do anything 
you're just kind of raising your hand and saying, hey, I am interested. Um, so those are the two things. I'm not asking you to write a review. I'm not asking you to subscribe, blah, 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 blah. I just want to hear from you. I mean, I am here talking to the void. <laughs> and the more I can get feedback from all of you, the better I can make this podcast so that it really meets you with meet you where you're at and gives you the information that you want to know. So to that end, if you have specific topics you want to hear about, let me know those too. Okay. So I hope you have a wonderful week. I'm recording this on Monday, July 19th, 2021, just for a point of reference. And um, I want to thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here as a listener with me today. If you are still listening to my voice right now, it means you reached the end of this episode and I see you and I give you a huge shout out. So thank you so much for listening, being part of this podcast community, Conversations for Yoga Teachers, and I will see you on the next episode. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian, and I just want to remind you, if you would like to get on the wait list for my two premier programs, the Blueprint Learning Program and my mentorship program, all you need to do is visit my website, barebonesyoga.com, and the links to get on the wait list for both of these programs are right on the homepage. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.